Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. And the children may go to children's church. All right. I love seeing that group get bigger and bigger. And they're still excited to go. Praise the Lord. May that continue. It's actually, it's actually pretty cool what they're, what they're doing down there. Hearing about Jesus and his love for them. Good to see all of you this morning. If you did not hear this, there is a guest card in front of you. And if you have not filled one of those out before, I would really like for you to do that. And when you come by me this morning, um, hand that to me. Hand that to me. And if it's your first time, if it's your first time, we have something for you. And um, we are just thankful, thankful that you're here this morning. And uh, so I want to start out, I want to start out with our gospel conversations this morning. Did anybody have a gospel conversation? And of course, I will start, I will start it to get it going if it needs to. I had two gospel conversations this week. Um, and one of those was with a gentleman named James. Now, James, was, James helped me load a, tra- load a chair on a trailer. He helped me load a chair on a trailer, and so we had a conversation about the gospel. James knows Jesus as Lord and Savior. James just doesn't think that the church is necessary. He doesn't think you need the church to walk this walk of faith. So we had... We, we, we kind of dug through that a little bit, and we, we pushed back all the way to where, to where that seemed to um, become the way he thought. Well, I think by the time it was over, by the time it was over, now I don't know what James did on this first Sunday morning past his um, conversation with me. But anyhow, we, we had a very interesting conversation. And then Wayne, I had a conversation with Wayne this week. Wayne, a believer, Wayne, a believer. And again, guess what? Wasn't involved in a church. But he lives right around the corner, lives in Prince George, but lives right around the corner from a great church. So I told him about that church. I told him about that church. And you know what? Praise God, both of them were believers. That both of them knew Jesus as Lord and Savior. But, but I can tell let me let me share this with you. We can't walk this walk alone. We cannot walk this walk alone. You, it, it is, it, if you understand the New Testament, if the Bible matters, if the Bible matters, and you read the New Testament, there is no, there is no disconnect from the believer and God's church. There is no disconnect. Okay, so, so it is um, vitally important to each and every one of us. So now I'm going give to give you all, I, I spoke up first. Anybody else have a gospel conversation this week? Anybody else talk to anybody about Jesus? It's not hard. Go ahead, Scott. So um, <clears throat> I work with uh, a couple of Jewish folks, and one of those guys, uh, a good friend of mine, we walk at lunchtime, get out around lunchtime and just walk around the parking lot. And the, the topic varies wildly from Duke basketball to business to 
his belief system and we have some fun back and forth about you know absolute truth and things like that but this week as we were walking and talking he brought up the story of Abraham taking Isaac to the mountain to sacrifice and he really didn't get it he, he really didn't he said why would he do that and so we walked through we sort of talked about Abraham was trusting God he had faith his faith had been accredited to him and that he did it immediately and he did it exactly as he was told to do and and that because of that faith he knew that that God wasn't going to break his promise to make him the father of a nation and that that also foreshadows that sacrifice that God will provide foreshadowed what Jesus did on the cross mm-hmm. and uh it was it was a very interesting conversation. You know, my my friend is still Jewish. He is not a Christian, but but we keep having these opportunities to have this conversation, and it is a, it is a great opportunity. Praise the Lord! Is there anybody else that had a gospel conversation, folks? It's not hard to have. It doesn't. It takes very little to get into a gospel conversation with absolutely anybody. You just got to be. You just got to be a little bit intentional about it. All right. Turn in your Bible to Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15. And here's what I don't want you, here's what I don't want you to hear in the three, in the three gospel conversations you heard this morning. Pastor Pete told some and Pastor Scott told some. I don't want you to get into the mindset that only pastors can have gospel conversations. Under no circumstance do we ever think that. We are disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we have been called to make disciples. And the way we make disciples is we, we have conversation with people about the gospel, about the gospel, about his word. So let me just, I'm, I'm going to dig right in, read, then we'll talk, and I'll bring you back to where we were last week and so you, so you understand, but I want to, uh, let's get through this reading portion of it, starting in verse 6 of chapter 15, and we're going to go to verse 21. Last week was the dilemma, this week is the discussion. Okay, let's, let's look. Now the apostles and elders came together to consider this matter. And when there had been much dispute, Peter rose up and said to them, Men and brethren, you know that a, that a good while ago God chose among us, that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. So God, who knows the heart, acknowledged them by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us, and made no distinction between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why do you test God by putting a yoke on the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved in the same manner as they. Then all the multitude kept silent and listened to Barnabas and Paul, declaring how many miracles and wonders God had worked through them among the Gentiles. And after they had become silent, James answered, saying, Men and brethren, listen to me. Simon has declared how God at the first visited the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. 
And with this, the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written. After this, I will return and, I, and will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins and I will set it up so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord who does all these things. Known to God from eternity are all his works. Therefore, I judge that we should not trouble those from among the Gentiles who are turning to God, but that we write to them to abstain from the things polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from things strangled, and from blood. For Moses has had throughout many generations those who preach him in every city, being read in the synagogues every Sabbath. May God bless the reading of his word. And so what was the dilemma? What was the issue that they were dealing with? The issue that they were dealing with is that it rose up from within the church, and the people who brought this into the church were called the Judaizers. They were trying to proselyte. They were trying, they were trying to bring these, these Gentile believers um, to, to what they thought was the right answer in salvation. They had brought a salvation of works, and that works was that everybody had to be, that, that they had to be circumcised to be saved. That that some that that's, that there was something else that had to, it, that Jesus was not enough, that Jesus was not enough, and, and that so so they were trying in, in a, they were trying to make them Jews, they were trying to make them Jews because because the Judaizers these Judaizers were were those of the, were ju- those of whether it be Jewish descent that that Jewish that they were, they were Jews and had become Christians, and now, that, and now they believed everybody needed to follow suit. So that was the dilemma. That was the dilemma that the discussion is now occurring about. But, but let, me, let me start somewhere else as we, as we look at this and as we see what happens in this discussion because it's very interesting how the discussion goes. And if you and if you were able to follow along, you you caught it. But I but I but I want to I want to tell you this. Who would you want to hear about something that has occurred? Who would you want to hear from? Would you want to hear from the best storyteller? Would you want to hear from the one who can tell a story better than anybody? Can tell a story. It, it might not be a true story. It might, not, it might not be a factual story, but they're a good storyteller, and they can, tell, they can tell the story. Have you ever known somebody like that, that they never had to, do, they, they never had to be a part of anything, but they could tell the story of, of something that you actually might have been at? So I used to be in the Coast Guard, and um, there was this one day in Hatteras Inlet, and some of you have heard, heard the story, but, but, but I'm using it for this example. So that day, it was rough in the inlet. There were many days that it wasn't rough. I'm, well, I say many days it wasn't rough. There were, there were more days it was rough than it wasn't rough. Okay. So um, anyway, that particular day, a, um, a fishing vessel that had been in that inlet so many times that, you, you know, you couldn't even count it, had been through that inlet. And for this particular day, they ran aground. They ran aground, and they ran hard aground in the inlet with it rough. Okay, so, so they, their, crew, their crew had to be pulled off of the boat. 
They had to be pulled off of the boat. Nobody could stay on the boat. It was not one of those situations. And we were going to have to wait till high tide to get them off of um, the bar that they were sitting on. Okay? So, so anyway, we set up hourly checks on this boat. And we were going to have to go, we were going to have to go into the middle of the night going out and checking this boat. And what we would do is we would go out and check it by land. We would go out by land, look at, look at the boat, and we would come back and we, you know, everything was fine. And we would do that every hour. We would do that every hour. And we were going to be there. We were going to be there when high tide occurred to get them off the bar and to tow the boat in. Had everything worked out with the captain, had everything. And even the captain was going and checking on his boat, boat you know, every so often. Well, the, so we go out there. And we decided that in that last hour, in that last hour before high tide, we would not worry about it because we were going out there. We were going to go out there. Well, guess what? We got out there and the boat was gone. We got out there and the boat was gone. And we go, where'd the boat go? <laughs> We've been watching this boat all night long. Where'd the boat go? And, and you know, all these different things come up. All these different things um, come to your mind. Did pirates show up at Hatteras Inlet? And steal this boat? What, what happened? Where did the boat go? And, um, I mean, we, we went out to sea. <laughs> we went to the south, and we went to the north, and we went to the east, and we went everywhere looking for this boat. And eventually, we would find it. We would find it on the bottom of Hatteras Inlet. The tide came in. The bottom had a piece had been knocked out in the rudder post in the bottom, where the... Which, the thing that steers the boat. And when he lifted up, when, when that boat lifted up, it had a big old hole in the bottom, and it went right on over into deep water, and it went right to the bottom. It went right to the bottom. And now, instead of us towing this, towing this man's boat in, a salvage company had to be called, and they had to float the boat and everything, and you just, it's just one of those stories. It's just one of those stories. Now, that was, and, and I'm telling you, this is an eyewitness account. An eyewitness account because I got to witness, I got to witness that. And that was, you know, it, it was one of those sick feelings when we got out there after we had been watching this thing dil diligently and we were ready to do this job and, you know, it sinks to the bottom of Hatter's Inlet. And you can, you can only imagine. Now, that story could have been told by, by anybody else by anybody else, but would, would you rather have the eyewitness account? <clears throat> would you rather hear it from somebody that was there? And uh, Graham used to always say, Graham was a firefighter of mine that loved him, um, and Graham used to always say, you can't write this stuff. You can't write this stuff that happens. But so, so let's take that example and let's apply it here for a moment. So the dilemma is um, that salvation requires circumcision. That, in other words, you can't be saved without doing these extra things. Without doing these extra things. So how does the argument go? And when they are, and, and you see here right at the beginning, the apostles and elders came together to consider this matter. There are certain things at Mission Community Church that only the pastors of this church deal with. There are certain issues that only the pastors of this church deal with. There are um, other issues that the leadership team deals with, which is different than the, the four pastors. And then there are things that the whole church deals with. 
okay? But you see here, this was a leadership issue in the Jerusalem church. They're the ones that were dealing with this. Now, the apostles and elders came together to consider this matter, and look what happened. Even with that small group, even with that small group, and when there had been much dispute, is there any doubt what that looked like? Is there any doubt what that sounded like? Were they agreeing? Obviously not. Obviously, they were not agreeing on, on, wh what the, on what the answer was to this. On what the answer was to this. That there was much dispute, and look what happened. Peter rose up and said to them, Men and brethren, you know that a good while ago, God chose among us that by the mouth of Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. Now, who was Peter? Peter was one of the apostles, was he not? Peter was one of the first ones, was one of the first ones when the church was birthed there at Pentecost. When the church was birthed, Peter was one of the first ones that went out to the various places, to the various cities around Jerusalem and shared the gospel and watched and watch, you remember, Peter was the one that was on the roof and got the vision of the, uh, of the sheet coming down with, the, with all the different animals and everything. And what he, you remember, Peter's the one that got that vision. And then Peter went to, went to Joppa and Peter went to where Cornelius' family was, a, a family full of Gentile believers. And, and the gospel was shared. And what happened? Jesus was shared with these people and the Holy Spirit came. The Holy Spirit came and Peter saw it. Peter saw it, and, and he gave witness to what he saw. He gave witness to what he saw God do, okay? So, that's what's happening, and it says, so God who knows the heart. Now, here, th this is, this is the, the most comforting, this is the most comforting statement for every pastor known to man, okay? God who knows the heart, because man doesn't, man, man might think they know the heart, but only God knows the heart. God knows, God knows what's in a man's heart. God knows what's in a woman's heart. God knows what's in a child's heart. God knows. And it says, so God who knows the heart acknowledged them by giving them the Holy Spirit. By giving them the Holy Spirit. It didn't say you had to become this. You had to do this. It was by, it was by faith. It was by grace. Through faith in Jesus and Jesus alone. That was what this was about. And it, and it goes on and it says, just as he did to us. And the us here was to the Jews because it was to the Jew first and the Gentile. Go with me to Romans chapter 10 for a minute. Romans chapter 10. Let's look at this for one quick second. Romans chapter 10, starting in verse 12. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek... For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon Him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. All right? So, no distinction whatsoever. And so it says, just as He did to us, and made no distinction between us and them, between the Jew and the Gentile, no distinction, purifying their hearts by faith. In other words, this is a work that only God can do through the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. It's, it's by grace, through faith in Christ and Christ alone that we are saved. Okay? You hearing that? You hear that? Okay, so, moving along. 
It says, now therefore, why do you test God by putting a yoke on the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? Go to Matthew for a moment. Matthew chapter 23. Matthew chapter 23. And let's look at this for a second. I want to read more than just verse 4. I want to read the beginning of that so that we can kind of get an idea of what is being said here. Matthew 23, let's start in verse 1. Then Jesus spoke to the multitudes and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do. But do not do according to their works, for they say and do not do. In other words, they talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. Know somebody like that? Are we sometimes like that? Do we say things that we, do we, say things that we um, probably should not say? And there is a time when if we say we're going to do something, we need to do it. We need to be people of our word. But, but, but in, the, in the context of this discussion, look at verse 4. For they bind heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. In other words, in, in other words they say, this is what you must do. But the, it doesn't mean they're going to do it. It doesn't mean that they really, that they really think it's something that, that applies to their life. But, but in this case... It is saying that, that, you know what, the argument that Peter is giving is, is why do we want to burden the disciples, the apostles? Why do we want to burden church leaders with, with something that truly does not matter? We talked about this. We talked about this last week about, about salvation and, and what salvation is and what salvation is not. Okay, and it goes on, but we believe that through, this is verse 11, but we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved in the same manner as they. Okay, salvation is by grace through faith in Christ and Christ alone. Any question on that? Any, any, there cannot be, there cannot be because, because, we go to Africa. We're going to Africa in January. We're headed to Africa in January. We will deal with a large group of people, a large group of people called the Zion Christian Church. And I say that very lightly. The Zion Christian Church is a false religion, a false religion made up of many, 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 many people. And the Zion Christian Church says that part of your salvation is your baptism. In other words, to be saved, you must be baptized. Folks, there are, there are, there are beliefs on this side of the world as well that say, if you're, if you're baptized, you're fine. You're good to go. That is not the case. That is not the case. Baptism is symbolic, is symbolic of a change that occurred to you and a change that occurred to me. That's what baptism is about. Baptism is not the means by which we are saved. It is just a picture of what has happened in our life. 
Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Okay, because it's important to be able to discuss this and to be able to have this conversation. That might be the next um, gospel conversation you have. Is when somebody when you ask somebody if they have a, if they have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, and they go, "Oh yeah, I've been baptized." That's what they say. That that's the that's the thing they go to. Now it's okay to go there. It's okay to go there as long as you know what you're saying. If what you're saying is truth, if if you were baptized because you were saved, remember that conversation that we have on a regular basis. It's you were baptized because you were saved, not saved because you were baptized. Okay, you got the difference in the two, right? Okay, so, so he goes on and he says, now look at this. This is what I love. I love it. Then all the multitude kept silent. Guess what? There's a discussion going on, right? The discussion is that salvation requires this extra thing. That salvation requires this extra thing. And now the opposition is silent. You remember a great dispute was going on. Remember that? Now the opposition is silent. And the opposition is from within the church. Okay? The multitude is silent because, you you know what? When, when, When the eyewitness account is being shared... When, when the truth of the matter is being shared, when, so that was argument number one. Here's argument number two. Then all the multitude kept silent, listened to Barnabas and Paul, declaring how many miracles and wonders God had worked through them among the Gentiles. So Paul and Barnabas, who went on that missionary journey, who went all that way to all those different places, practically gave their life for the gospel, Okay, sharing the gospel, going back, discipling, all these kinds of things, saw what God did when the gospel was shared with these people. Okay, and now Paul and Barnabas are telling the story too. And they're telling a story that says, you know what? It was by grace, through faith, in Christ, in Christ alone. It was because we shared the gospel with these people that they got saved. It was because Jesus had paid the price. Jesus had done all that was necessary. All right, so go with me to Galatians. We've got to do this. Go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. I read this last week about the second verse, but I want to read the first verse of chapter 5. It says, Galatians chapter 5 verse 1, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty of by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Indeed, I, and this is verse 2, Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting that he's talking about the liberty, he's talking about the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ, and that Christ is all that we need. This is the argument of, of what they're saying. And look, look, at, look at the response. Verse 13, and after that they had become, and after they had become silent, here comes argument number three. James answered, saying, Men and brethren, listen to me. Simon has declared how God at the first visit of the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And with this, 
And with this, the words of the prophets agree just as it was written. Go with me to Amos. Go with me to Amos. Back in the Old Testament, might take you a tad bit longer to find it. One of the minor prophets, one of the minor prophets, Amos chapter 9, verses 11 and 12. If you stay right there in Acts, you're going you're to hear the same verses because it's the same, it's the same verses. He goes back to Amos. See, it's important when you're talking with a Jew, when you're talking with a Jew, it's important to go back and, and, and reference the Old Testament. But, but let me share something with you. The Old Testament, apart from Jesus Christ, is unintelligible. The Old Testament without Jesus Christ makes no sense because the Old Testament points to Jesus Christ. Now, the Jews don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Do you see the issue here? Do you see the problem that they're having and the problem and the reason that Scott will have? Now, the next conversation may be the conversation when something happens. But you know what? There may be more conversations because there's a lot to unpackage. There's a lot to peel back in some of these conversations. But look at verses 11 and 12 of Amos 9. On that day I will rise up, or raise up, the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down, and prepare its damages. I will raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old, they, that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord who does this thing. Okay, that's the exact same thing that you're reading right here in, in, in this portion of Acts. What is he talking about? What is Amos talking about? They're talking about the millennial kingdom. They're talking about the millennial reign of Christ. They're talking about the millennial reign of Christ. In other words, the Old Testament with no Jesus Christ makes absolutely no sense. Okay, but if you understand, if you understand the common thread all through Scripture is Jesus Christ, is Jesus Christ, and, and here we're talking about the millennial kingdom, and again, you do not see anything as Amos is talking about the millennial kingdom, that thousand-year rule of Christ that will occur where people will continue to be saved, where Jews will be saved, okay? As, as that is occurring, you see nothing that says that they must become Jews in the process, that they must become Jews in the process. It's becoming disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's becoming a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, not becoming what man thinks you need to be or you need to become in the process of this. That's the argument that James is laying out for the people, is laying out for the people here, is in the Old Testament, in, 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 the word, in, in the Word of God that you are willing, and, and you got to understand now, these are Jewish Christians now, these are Jewish believers, but I said again, but I said again, if they're teaching heresy, if they're, if they're false teaching, how saved are they? Now that one, again, let's go back to over here to this beginning part, who knows the heart? God and God alone. God's the only one that knows the heart. I'm not saying, I'm not saying they're not saved, but they're teaching heresy. You know, it happens. It happens in the church. That heresy, heresy shows itself. And when heresy shows itself, you got, you got to know it. You got to know that it's heresy and it's got to, you got, got to deal with it. You got to deal with it. Okay, whatever it is, whatever it is. 
And then it goes on in verse 18, known to all, known to God from eternity are all his works. Therefore, I judge that we should not trouble those from among the Gentiles who are turning to God. In other words, no, let's don't put this burden on people that makes no difference. That makes no difference. Okay? But that we write to them. Now, here, here's something I'm going to tell you. This, what I'm reading right now is part of the decision. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time right here because I'm going to, I'm going to take care of that next week, okay? I'm going to talk about the decision next week. But, they, but he, lays out, he lays out something. And, 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 so, but, and what he says is, but that we write to them to abstain from things polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from things strangled, and from blood. For Moses has had throughout many generations those who preach him in every city, being read in the synagogues every Sabbath. And, and you know what? This him here is not reading about reading God. It's about reading the law of Moses. Okay? It's about the fact that there's a lot of time spent reading the law of Moses. You, you know, the law shows us our sin, right? The law doesn't save anyone. The law introduces us to the only one that can save us from our sin. And that's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the only one that can save us from our sin. And he saves us from our sin because of what he did on the cross. Because of dying on the cross. Of being buried in the tomb. Rising on the third day. Being seen by many witnesses. After 40 days ascending to the Father. Sitting at the right hand of the Father. And it was at that time that the Holy Spirit came. Jesus paid the price, and he paid it in full. He'll never have to die on the cross again. There, there's, no, there's no amount of sin that could ever send Jesus to the cross again because that one time was sufficient in the eyes of a holy God, of a holy God. And so, again, you know what? All the readings, all the readings in the world... Will have, will have no meaning if there's no Jesus. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? And, and, because, and, because, and because of that, and because of that, you, 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 can, see, you, you can see the discussion that, that is ongoing. And, and the fact that, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, Peter, Barnabas and Paul, James, I, I'm thankful that every time councils met, whether it was the Jerusalem, this was called the Jerusalem Council, by the way, whether it was the Jerusalem Council or whether it was the Council of Nicaea, the Council of Chalcedon, whatever those councils were, praise God, when they met, they came out with the right answers. They came out in the end with the right answers, which, which tells me that the Holy Spirit was there, that the Holy Spirit was there and the Holy Spirit... And, and, y- 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 like I say, I don't want to get into the decision. I don't, I don't want to get into why they said that, you know what, instead of this, it needed to be this. I, 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 let me get into that next week, okay? Let me get into the decision, the decision that was made next week. Because, and don't get the impression that they said that these, that, that these things were required for salvation. Were required for salvation. They're just trying... They're, told you I wasn't going to say that, and I'm not going to say it. I'm going to hold it for next week. It's too easy to, get, it's too easy to jump right into it, so I'm, going to, I'm just going to hold on to that. And so, let's end with this. Let's end with this. Salvation, salvation 
is by grace, through faith, in Christ, and Christ alone. Okay? When, when you have your gospel conversations, you tell people what Jesus did. You tell people what Jesus did. And you tell people that there is a way, that there is a way for their sin to be forgiven. There is a way for their sin to be wiped. There are people in this world, there are people in this world that believe that because of what they've done, that God could never forgive them. Well, you know what? That's just not true. That's just not true. And, and you, and you need to share you need to share the love of God with them, the love of Jesus Christ, the love that he had. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Let's pray. Dear most precious Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you, we praise you, we honor you. Lord, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. Lord, and as, um, as these things ri- rose up in the first church, They continue to rise up in today's church. And Lord, I I just pray that we would stay in your word, that we would stay focused on your word, and that, Lord, we would... um, Lord, I thank you for my salvation. And I know that every person here who who is a believer in you is thankful for theirs. Because, Lord, your, your word tells us For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, your Son. So, Lord, um, Lord, I thank you and I praise you for saving our lives. Lord, I lift up each and every person in here this morning and I pray, I pray, Lord, that you would be Lord of their life. That, that Lord, if they don't know you, that they'll they'll get that right with you. And, Lord, that in the midst of it all, in the midst of it all, you continue to to work, you continue to save lives, you continue, your redemptive plan continues to be played out all around the world, and Lord, we give you the praise, the honor, the glory, in your most precious and holy name, amen. Let's stand together.